This is Monday Morning Church, the podcast where executive pastors, church administrators, and IT managers share their stories. Monday Morning Church is presented by Kissflow, the church automation solution. You can download the free ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Church Automation, at bit.do slash church automation. That's bit.do slash church automation. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Church Podcast. John Evans is joining us today from McGregor Baptist Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Great to have you on the show today, John. Thank you. So, John, tell us a little bit about how you came into your position there at McGregor. That is a very interesting story. I started here at the church uh, 17 and a half years ago, and uh, I was a member of the church at that time, was just finishing up college. And uh, was, frankly, looking to go into a job in law enforcement. My degree was actually in criminology. Hmm. But before that, I was, to pay my way through college, I was running my own little IT business. Well, particular Sunday morning, uh, there's a ad in the church bulletin looking for an IT director. I saw it and thought to myself, eh. Don't really want to be an IT director. I'm looking probably going to law enforcement. So as the day went on, uh, some people who knew me came up to me and said, hey, John, I was thinking about it. You'd be good for this position. You should put in for it. And I said, okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Then a little bit later, another person comes up to me, says the same thing. By the end of that Sunday, no fewer than five other people came up to me and said the same exact thing, (laughs) at which point I finally said, okay, God, I get the point. I'll put in for the position. Yes, someone's trying to tell you something. (laughs) So I did. I went in. They came to, they asked me to come in to interview. I went in to interview for the position and I got the, asked the standard question of why do you want this job? And I said, I don't. God told me (laughs) to be here. So here I am. And, well, they hired me. <laughs> and this was definitely the case of God knew, knew far better than I ever did because I didn't think I would ever want to be an IT guy. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's been, frankly, I'm in a job that I love. So he knew far better than I ever could have. Hmm. So that's how I uh, wound up here. Oh, that's great. Now, in 17 and a half years, there's been a lot of change in the IT field. So what has that been like, you know, being at the church for this amount of time and seeing all those changes and helping the church adapt to it? It's a matter of constantly adapting. IT is one of those fields that you never can stop learning because if you do stop learning, then the entire the entire industry just simply passes you by. So it is a matter of constant self-training to be able to uh, educate all those around us. Um, For instance, just today, I mean, right now we're seeing so many issues with cyber threats um, and ransomware issues. Uh, Our church itself got hit last year uh, with a ransomware incident. So right now we are focusing heavily on uh, security awareness training with our users. Um, we just introduced a new program today where we actually tested all of our users by sending them uh, fake phishing emails to oh, wow. see who would click and who wouldn't. <laughs> um, and it was a eye-opening experience for everyone. I'm sure. 
we're now in the process of educating our users on uh, what not to do hmm. and what to do uh, when working with email. So everything from little things like that to being able to try to keep up with the latest in hardware innovations. I mean, when I started uh, 17 years ago, wireless was a nice idea, but it was never considered reliable. And now we have a campus-wide wireless system that is pretty much we have to have it because everybody simply expects it from our staff to the membership of the church. Hmm. Now, I'm curious, what was the response to uh, the email you sent out today? Had you, you had done some training prior then to sending this to kind of like help people recognize the signs of bad email and everything? We did some, uh, after we got hit last year, we did some informal training, mm-hmm. but I, w- I was never quite satisfied uh, with that. And I knew that we needed to do more. So today was actually a completely uh, uh, unannounced test. Uh, <laughs> the only other person who knew that we were going to be doing this was my assistant. Um, other than that, our entire uh, church leadership team and from our pastors on down, no one knew that we were going to be uh, testing them today. Hmm. And uh, everything we had a large number of our users who saw the system we used basically created some ran- uh, quite a few random emails. So no one got the same phishing email. They uh, recognized, though, that it was some sort of scam, so they just simply deleted it. Uh, A lot of people opened the email and then decided, eh, I better not click on anything. But then we had about half of our users actually went ahead and clicked when they shouldn't have. Hmm. Um, Some of them were even then still confused a little bit, probably because, well, yesterday was April Fool's Day, so they didn't know (laughs) if this was some sort of joke, which... Frankly, if it wouldn't have been so serious, it would have made for a pretty good joke. (laughs) Well, it seems like you've got some good material now to back up that there needs to be some further training. Oh, most definitely. Now, how do you find that in general, the response to, you know, because IT is this hidden ministry of the church. It serves all of the different ministries, but it kind of just lurks, you know, in the dark corners. And it's usually something that's not very well understood by other people in other departments. How has that been for you over the last 17 years? Do you find it's easier now that people have a little more access to technology or is it kind of the same story as when you first started? It varies person to person. Um, With our newer associates who are coming on board, they've grown up with the technology more. Um, I had a conversation. We have a K through 12 school here on our campus And I was having a conversation with one of our teachers the other day, and we were talking about doing a laptop refresh. And she was saying on, oh, I hope you're not replacing mine. I've got such and such processor in my computer, and it's really fast, and I don't want to, I don't really want to move away from it. And I was very surprised, like, wow, you understand processor technology. Hmm. I'm not used to that. (laughs) Uh, I have other users who aren't as adept. I'm fortunate. My first job doing tech work is, uh, this will uh, show a little bit of my age, it was I used to do computer sales at Circuit City (laughs) uh, back when Circuit City still existed. The key thing with sales was learning how to be able to take a very complex subject, how a computer works, and put it into layman's terms. So I found that that experience just over time has uh, allowed me to become sort of a translator for how to take a very complex subject and simplify it to an individual so that they can understand it on their level. Well, that's an interesting skill because, you know, a lot of times when you are in charge of any kind of IT department, 
a lot of it is just, as you said, communicating in a way that people can understand the severity of the topic and the seriousness of it, and also just understand enough of the technical portion to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very fortunate that my boss here is our lead pastor, um, uh, Pastor Russell Howard, and his first job in the ministry uh, when he was much younger, was being the IT director for Bellevue Baptist. Oh, interesting. Under uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers back then. That's not very common to have a senior pastor with IT background. He knows enough about IT, even to this day, to where he fully understands the need to support it and be able to uh, basically be my chief cheerleader. Mm. Um Especially when we're like today, uh, when we introduced the security awareness training, he was the first one to talk about and said, yeah, we don't want to do this, but we need this. Hmm. Um, So I am very fortunate in uh, having uh, a staff that uh, appreciates um, what we're trying to do to assist all of our ministries. As you said, we are very much an invisible one. Hmm. So which... uh, in the IT world, I've always said that we're doing our best when nobody knows we exist. Because mm. the only time that you hear about IT is when something goes horribly wrong. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, on the other side of horribly wrong, what is, you know, some kind of best practice that you have, especially in your IT department there at McGregor, that you've really found success with? One is basically creating a system of standards. I've always approached IT at more looking at it from an enterprise level and not just a small business level. Hmm. And what I mean by that is a small business, when they need a a computer, they go out to Best Buy and they buy whatever's on sale. We don't do that. Uh, What we do is we have uh, established partnerships with specific vendors so that there's a particular model of computer that we buy, for instance. When we have to call tech support, that way we have one number to call. We have one support portal to use. We've made it a point to try to standardize as much as we can across the board. Everything from uh, the systems that we buy to the vendors that we use to how do you report a service call. Hmm. Uh, we put a inventory system in place that also operates as our help desk. So if someone has a problem, I can look up on one screen and see exactly what systems they have see what software they have installed, see what updates need to be run on their computer. And trying to look at uh, IT from very much a big picture perspective instead of just fixing it where you need it and get the cheapest thing that's uh, available, mm-hmm. uh, that has is what has kept us, frankly, we're on task. We're a, we have roughly 200 computers on this campus along with... 200 mobile devices, like iPads and things of that nature. I run 700 users, including all of our students. Hmm. And we manage that entire process with me, and I have one assistant. Wow. So the only way to do that at that level and to try to keep things running is to keep it as organized as possible. Hmm. Now, is your assistant, is that a full-time position or a part-time? It is a full-time position, yes. Okay. You know, because it's such a huge task, do you have any kind of volunteer team underneath you? And if you do, what does that look like? I wish we did. We tried using volunteer teams a couple of times. And unfortunately, volunteer teams, if you can make them work, they can work great. 
unfortunately also requires the right person. And that's and it's hard in the IT world because you also need someone with a very specific skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've never been able to make that work quite right because all the people who have the right skill set typically are working full-time jobs in IT. And so we've never been able to really have a model that's worked for us in this particular ministry. But if there, if there was the availability and we had the right person, I'd be all for it. We just mm-hmm. haven't been able to make it work on our end yet. Yeah, I've heard from another um, IT director that it's a challenge because a lot of IT folks, since they do it nine to five every day, it's not really the area they want to volunteer in on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. <laughs> yes, yes, certainly. <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's the volunteers, but is there any other area that has been a challenge that you guys haven't quite found a solution for within this the IT department? I wish I could say there was and that we had great difficulty and we've <laughs> been managed to overcome, but uh, frankly, God has blessed us here. Hmm. We've got, a, I've got a great team of people from our, from our regular associates to our leadership team, to my assistant who keeps me on task. Whenever we have a problem, we deal with it as a team and we work through it. Hmm. There's not been, I can't recall anything in any sort of recent memory where I've just been so frustrated to where I've thrown my arms up and just disgust. It just doesn't happen. Hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that's a great thing that you can't recall anything like that. Tell us a little about your assistant. Is that a position that you were a part of the hiring process for? I mean, I assume since you've been there 17 years, this person came on at some point after you. You know, what kind of person were you looking for? What kind of person in general do you think makes kind of the ideal IT assistant? Well, she was actually the exact opposite. (laughs) Uh, My assistant's been working for the church um, upwards, I believe, of around 22, 23 years. Oh, so she was there before you. Oh, yes. She was here before me. And when I started at the church, I was I did not have an assistant. They, I and the security director at the time were assigned a uh, basically an administrative assistant to just simply help us both. Uh, eventually, she just became my administrative assistant until we had been working together in that capacity for about a year. And I finally said, you know, I don't need an administrative assistant. I need another tech. And I said, if you're willing to learn, I'll teach you. Hmm. And she was willing to learn. So for, frankly, probably the next three, four years, I started teaching her as much as I could, uh, as much as she could handle. And she's now become, uh, she is my uh, primary help desk support. Anything that is desktop related, she handles, which has freed me up to handle more of the big picture stuff. Well, that's really neat. I mean, you don't hear about that very often. Someone who doesn't have an IT background ending up working as the the true IT assistant. Mm-hmm. She's she's done a great job and has really helped to just keep this place operational, especially for how busy we stay. Hmm. So, John, I want to ask this in two parts. First, what kind of encouragement would you give to just other IT professionals within the church? I would say the key thing for any IT professional and probably the hardest thing for IT people in general is 
the ability to communicate. You have to be able to communicate, not just with the machines, which frankly is the easy part, hmm. but be able to communicate with the users. It is very easy to, even if we don't intend it, but we can come across as being a know-it-all hmm. or full of ourselves because we do have a very particular skill set that a lot of people just don't fully understand. And it's a matter of being able to communicate that we are there to purely serve all the others. Because if we didn't have any of the other ministries, there wouldn't be any need for us. Hmm. So we operate purely in a service capacity, and it's critical that we don't just simply hide in our offices and do our jobs, but that we actually interact with people. And for a lot of IT people, that can be very hard to do. I know it was hard for me. Hmm. It took me... I am not the same person that I was 17 years ago. And I've had to learn to become a better communicator. And that is probably the one thing that I would say we all have to learn. We all have to strive to be better at. And the good news is, is that we can all do it. It's just a matter of taking time and just being with our fellow uh human being and being empathetic uh, to what they may be going through. And it doesn't make us just a better IT person. It just makes us a better uh, Christian and better human being in general in being able to learn to work with other people. Hmm. That's great. I want to ask another side of that question, which is what kind of encouragement would you give to church leadership when it comes to interacting with their IT department? When I started with the church, um, this was before we had the lead pastor that we have now, any purchase that I wanted to make that was over, I think about $500, had to be approved by a uh, finance committee. Now, the problem is in the IT world, every purchase is typically over $500. There's not much we can do, and the finance committee would only meet once a month. That's a lot of waiting for approval. So it made uh, trying to get anything expedited very difficult back then. And I remember a particular instance where I came up with a full report of saying we needed to go this route to try to fix this problem. And it went to committee. And the committee said, and I even gave them a second report that said this is another option that's going to be twice as much money. And just so you can see the price differences. And the committee came back and said, yeah, we decided to go with the second option. It's like, no, that wasn't really an option. That was just so you could see the price difference. A similar instance to that same type of idea was is that the church came to me. It was right after I first started, um, literally the day before I started, uh, the church got hit by lightning and fried everything. And after that hit, and I came in and fixed everything. They basically came to me and said, yeah, that, you know, that was an expensive repair. What can we do to fix that? And I said, well… This is a big campus here. We sit on about 120 acres. It's like you, we need to put in a fiber optic backbone across our campus. So that way we can uh, isolate lightning strikes when they happen to a particular area so they don't spread across the entire campus. And they said, how much is that going to cost? And I figured it out and said, okay, it's going to cost X number of thousand dollars. And they said, oh, that's way too much money. We can't, we can't spend that. 
So a year goes by and we get back down here to the summers in Florida. Lightning never strikes twice, right? <laughs> Take another lightning strike. They come back to me. What can we do to solve this? I said, well, it's going to cost you so many thousands of dollars. But inflation, it's gone up a little bit. Oh, we still can't afford that. Okay, that's the only thing we can do to try to isolate this. So year three goes by. <laughs> Guess what? We take another hit. They come to me finally and say, yeah, can we still do that fiber optic project? <laughs> sure enough, we finally did. And that was because they, were, they, they couldn't afford the insurance hikes anymore. <laughs> so it's a matter, the key thing is, is you know, it all comes down to what I said before. It's developing relationships. I have a boss who trusts my judgment. And I trust him. Even when he says no to a particular issue, I know he's got a good reason why we can't do it. And it and that trust goes both ways. Hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. John, I really appreciate hearing your wisdom today, especially after, you know, having 17 years in this field, and especially at the same church, what you've been able to kind of walk through through that. I appreciate you sharing that with us today. Happy to do so. Thank you for having me. This has been Monday Morning Church presented by KISSflow. To learn how you can transition your church from paper forms to automated processes and improve your communication, go to church.kissflow.com.